Hey guys, and welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off podcast. We are Beth and Katie, founders of Pre-PA Clinic, and we are so happy you are here. If you are a pre-PA, then you are in the right place, and we are so excited to help you get accepted to PA school. One myth out there is that you have to be a perfect candidate to get accepted to PA school, and we are here to tell you it is simply not true. We have years of experience working at PA schools, reviewing CASPA applications, deciding who to interview, and deciding who to accept. And guess what? You can absolutely get accepted to PA school without perfect stats. And we are here to show you exactly how to apply to PA school the right way so you can get accepted. You have probably heard about our application to acceptance course, also known as A to A course, and have seen the testimonials from all the applicants that have been accepted because of this course. A to A is invaluable for showing you how to pick the right PA schools that value your strengths and are more willing to overlook weaknesses, creating your strongest application that stands out to programs so that they are really excited to interview you, deep diving into each and every part of your CASPA application to make sure you are highlighting yourself the right way, how to answer interview questions so you crush your interview, and so much more. We literally walk you through creating your strongest, most competitive application. So if you haven't joined A to A yet, definitely get in and let's put together your most outstanding PA school application. We are so excited to see you in the private A to A group and can't wait to hear which PA schools you land interviews at and where you decide to attend. Sign up in the show notes. Now on to today's episode. Today, we have an amazing PA here who's going to talk about his struggles to get into PA school, some of the things he dealt with. He's a self-disclosed, non-traditional student, and he is willing to share his story with you to motivate you. So please help me welcome Elijah to the podcast. Elijah, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing your story. Thanks for having me. I, I just really wanted to get this out there to help like, kind of motivate and give hope to those who are in my shoes or if not worse, because there's a lot of people out there with stories like this, and a lot of them have given up or are starting to lose hope, and I just kind of want to be that beacon of light to help give them hope like that you, you can do it. it. It is possible. I absolutely love that. Yeah, we're going to really dive deep into um, some of these thoughts, determination, hope, and all these amazing attributes. But to get started, for listeners who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about kind of your non-traditional path to PA school and some of the struggles that you dealt with? So my name's Elijah Caparoso. I guess what categorizes me as a non-traditional student starts off with my undergraduate career at UCLA. I, I met my wife there, my girlfriend at the time. Uh, we were sophomores and we ended up having a kid. I think I was like 19 when I found out, or and around 20 when he was born. So I was really young. I was still trying to navigate my undergraduate career, trying to figure out, wow, like, how am I going to pursue medicine? while having like a little kiddo, like I'm so young, I don't even know if I can finish school. And you know, by the grace of God, I, <laughs> I don't know how, but we got through it. We didn't, we didn't thrive academically, but um, you know, we, we made it through, we did not have the greatest of grades. It was, it was really tough. And at the end of all of it, I really started to doubt myself and you know, whether or not medicine was the path for me, because I, I, I didn't realize how much GPA actually played a role and all that. So what I did was I, I kind of buckled down, dialed it in after I graduated, uh, ended up doing a master's program or a post or SMP or whatever you want to call it. But I decided to do a master's because I, I guess I wanted something to my name. And that's what my wife suggested to me because she was kind of doing the same thing. So yeah, I did the master's program and graduated from it last year, last August, and turned in my application to PA school. It was my first cycle. And I don't know how I got in. I, <laughs> I had so many rejections, but one school said yes, so, so I was real happy with that. 
Yeah, I think that's really important to note is that you only need one school to say yes, right? You don't need interviews at every school. I mean, it's great, or you don't need to be accepted to every school. All you need is someone to give you a chance. And I think your story really epitomizes that. The fact that like, hey, one school told me yes, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a PA, which I think is amazing. So how did you overcome some of these doubts? As you said, you weren't sure that PA is right for you. You weren't sure we're going to be able to get in. Um, how did you, you know, continue on your journey and persevere even in the face of all these doubts? I think the biggest motivator I had was my wife. She's the one who kept telling me and kind of reassuring me that it's going to be okay. I spent so much time on like forums and Facebook groups and seeing people with like, with quote unquote, like low, like oh, I had a 3.0 or 3.3, and that's low. And I'm over here sitting with my 2. Point, what? Let me see, I have it here. My 2.3 science GPA, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. I don't know if I'll be able to do this. But I don't know. She kept reassuring me. I, I, I doubted myself the whole time, even up until the acceptance. I was kind of surprised. But I, I just kept pushing, and I said, you know what? Like, especially after working in medicine all these years, I, or in healthcare in general, I, I, I grew to love medicine and I, I could not see myself doing anything else so I knew I had to overcome the struggles that I had in my undergraduate career and try to show adcoms that I am worthy I have a lot of academic potential as a PA student but yeah there's a lot of doubts every single day up until I got the acceptance even now I'm still like still trying to process it sure yeah it sounds like you have an amazing partner in your corner though who's just really supported you the whole way yeah <laughs> Ever since I met her, like we we've we've been classmates ever since our undergrad. Um, we were classmates at UCLA and classmates during our masters because that that was the way we wanted to overcome uh, our low GPAs. Her hers was a little higher than mine. I, granted, she she was a lot smarter than me, but she kind of struggled in our in undergrad too. Not as much as I struggled. She's a lot smarter. But yeah, I, having her in my corner just and family support really you know it really takes a village to make it to this point. Yeah, and I think that such a true statement is to find those people who support you because we hear from listeners all the time that, you know, oh, my undergraduate advisor said don't even try or, you know, my best friend was like, you're never going to get in. It's so competitive. So did you have anybody who kind of told you those things or reiterated those things to you? And if so, how, how again, how did you stay determined and positive in the face of these people who doubt you or told you not to even try? Oh my goodness, yeah, that did happen once. And after that happened, I never reached out to a program ever again. I'm not going to disclose who they are, but I was looking for local schools and where I lived, and I got in touch with, an, I guess, a PA advisor. I'm not too sure what their role was. This was years ago. This was like four or five years ago. And they were saying like, oh, like, <laughs> I told them like, hey, I have this really low GPA. What can, like, should I still apply? And they were like, he basically told me that, oh, we're not going to even look at your application. Like, before you even, like, get in touch with us, go do, like, a postback or something. And, like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't even know what a postback was. I didn't really get much guidance. Basically, he wanted me to come back with something to show for before I could apply. And even now, even after finishing the master slash postback, I still don't qualify for that school's minimum. So, <laughs> so here I am. Glad I don't have to reapply again because it, it would have, it would have been such a struggle this year with confidence alone. 
Yeah, and I think that's really important to, to kind of mention and to highlight for our listeners that if you don't meet the minimum requirements for a school, obviously you can't apply there. But there's over 300 schools, 300 PA schools in the United States. So all you need to do is find one that fits you, just like Elijah did. He found one that kind of fit his needs, it fit his background and experiences. And that is one thing we harp on all the time. We think it's one of the most important ways to increase your chance of getting to PA school is to apply to the right school. So I'm so glad that you highlighted that. So when it came to your master's, you said you got a master's. What was your thought about like, hey, what should I get my master's in? Or why am I doing this master's? What it's going to show and portray about me? Because we have a lot of students ask if, hey, should I get a master's? Because maybe they're in similar situations to you as they have a lower GPA. So what is your advice and recommendation on that? Choose a ma- like do research on, on a master's that would really interest you, whether it's like physiology or like nutrition. The one I personally chose was nutrition. There was no real interest besides fixing the GPA. My wife was the one who suggested it. She was like, hey, let's do this master's. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. But, you know, I, I think also with the where, where I was at in life, I, I was working at a holistic medicine clinic, uh, and they really emphasized nutrition. And I don't know, at the time, like it, it seemed like it, it, it fit well with my where I was in life. And nutrition was is such a big part in healthcare, such a holistic part of healthcare that I felt like growing up, not many of my PCPs went over at all. Yet it plays such a big role in in healthcare and such a, in such a holistic aspect. So at first, initially, I did it because my wife told me to. She's the boss. Uh, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'm I'm glad that I did it because not many providers, or at least uh, healthcare providers, you know, utilize uh, nutrition in their care plan. At least not from what I know growing up. Yeah, I think that's so true. And, you know, it's becoming more and more obvious that nutrition really integrates with overall health and, you know, holistic health and all that. And so I think that we are sort of transitioning to learning more about that, really, really as medical providers, integrating that into our practice. Um, But it is a slow process. So I love the fact that you have that foundation. I think that that's going to really serve you well when it comes to things like post-op nutrition or, you know, chronic diseases and how to prevent them. Um, Nutrition plays a big role. So um, that will definitely be super helpful in PA school. So besides doing the master's, do you have any other advice for students who are struggling with things, for example, like low GPAs or low patient care hour or something like that, that have what they consider a weakness in their application? What are some other advice that you'd give these students? Gosh, and I don't know if, I, if I'd if i be a good advisor on this because I literally only go one interview. So I don't know if I'm the most qualified, but at least what I did in my position, um, I I knew that I couldn't afford anything less than a B. I had to get an A in my master's and all those classes I ended up retaking because they were also expiring so basically just making sure you get those A's like there's if you have a GPA like mine like I'm talking sub twos I think when I started I was like a 2.1 or something like that there can't be any leeway in your in your grades at that point there's no room for flexibility you have to get those A's you have to show that upper trend and I think that's what the school that accepted me like they they saw you know not only my story of having this kiddo so young and staying involved in college but they also saw this upward academic trend and not just academic trend, but also upward patient care trend. So I started off as a scribe and I, I also showed this upward progression with my patient care experience. And then eventually did my EMT and for my EMT eventually, you know, delved into other things. And now to where I feel like I'm at the peak of my scope of practice, which is in the emergency room. You know, you, you just have to show that upward trend in all aspects of your life. It, it can't just be grades. It can't just be shadowing. It has to be every. It has to be everything. I was kind of overloading myself. I 
I kind of like joke with my wife a lot because it's like I had no life these past two years. I feel like I barely saw her and, uh, and my son. And I'm not even in PA school yet. So, uh, yeah, I, I did a lot. I did a lot of patient care hours. I worked full time. I did my master's full time. I also I was still also taking prereqs at the time, like A&P, along with doing my master's classes. And I was basically just busting my butt off and getting three hours of sleep but a night for two years. <laughs> it's not healthy, but... You know, that, that's what I did. I Schools, I think, or at least the school that I that interviewed me, they liked that I was able to handle this, gosh, like, white load of work, schoolwork, work work, and see that I was able to actually, you know, succeed and thrive. And I, I guess that's what helped them overlook my past because I feel like my academic past does not define who I am at all. I just had a, a very extenuating circumstance, and they were able to overlook it because of the work they saw me put in recently. So that's... I guess my biggest advice is don't give up. Like you have to keep that mental fortitude of pushing every day, every day. Just take it one day at a time. That's what I did because it's hard. It's a, it's a long journey, and there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be more days where you doubt yourself than where you actually have hope. And you have to take each day in stride and just do your best. Just do your best every day. If you can go to sleep saying that you know I think I've done everything I could today. Time to move on to the next day, get some rest. You know the next day is a new day. I think you guys will be fine. Just keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep reaching out to others who are in the same struggle. Ben, listen to this podcast because there's a lot of great info on, on Katie and Beth's podcast. I, I felt like I was listening to it a lot when I was having a lot of doubts. And there's a lot of other stories that gave me reassurance as well. Oh, well, thank you for that. Yeah, we love to interview students and to provide that motivation out there because we know not everybody has an amazing wife behind them like you did um, to keep you moving forward. But I want to touch on one thing that you mentioned, and I really like this concept of upward trend in every area of your application because we talk about upward trend in grades a lot, but I love how you said like, hey, I had this weakness. I had to upward trend in everything. I had to get more patient care responsibility. I had to get more shadowing hours. I had to, you know, take retake classes. I had to get my master's. And so I think that that's such good advice for students who are struggling is to use the kind of term upward trend when it comes to all aspects of their application because it truly is a holistic application. We look at the entire applicant. And another thing I love that you said is you're like, I'm not going to be like defined basically by my grades. Like your academic performance doesn't define me. And that is so true. And I want listeners to really, really understand and internalize this is don't define yourself by a number. Don't define yourself by a grade. That's not who you are. That's part of your past or experiences, but that's not who you are. And I think a lot of people do define themselves, especially by their GPA, it seems like, for pre-PA students. So I love the fact that you brought that out. You're like, that's not who I was. That was a situation I was in. I had some extenuating circumstances. I didn't do my best. I own it and admit it, but that's not who I am. So I absolutely love how you brought that up. Um, And I think that that is so true. And I hope our listeners really internalize this and understand that, you know, don't define your future by one thing that happened in your past. So thank you for sharing that. And I guess another big tip I want to point out there was do research on the schools. Doing research on the schools I had to apply to at least, it it was like another feat in in and of its own. You have to look at schools that will look at you. So what I liked about the school that, you know, that accepted me was they had a a specific supplemental that said, hey, if you don't meet our, what, 3.2 min GPA minimum, like, can you explain, like, you know, what happened, what are the circumstances? And the fact that they have questions like that, you really want to take time to answer those questions. Because I I, I really just told them the truth of my story. Like, I had a kid, I didn't do well, but here I am now, you know, and I want to try to prove it to you guys that I, 
I proved to myself that I could do this. So really take the time to do research on the schools that you're applying to because you don't want to apply to schools and they're not going to even take the time of day to look at you. Like, that's just disheartening. I mean, I have had 11 of those rejections this cycle and thank goodness I only had to go through one cycle of it, but I don't know if I could have gone through like another double digits worth of more rejections for this next cycle. Yeah, it can be really hard to stay positive in the face of rejections, but I really feel like you have a strong, solid, you know, reason of why you want to be a PA, always been interested in medicine, and it sounds to me like you had the determination to do what you need to do, you know, taking classes full-time, getting your master's, working, all those things, all with the kid at home, that is truly amazing, so kudos to that. Thank you. Um, speaking of the kid, okay, so we get a lot of PA students each year, and some of them do have um, children at home. I would say it's not like super rare, maybe one or two in every class who have some kids at home. Sometimes it's a second degree or a second career for them. So what is your kind of plan, if you don't mind sharing, of, okay, hey, I'm going to be in PA school. It's going to be this rigorous postgraduate training, and I'm going to have a kid. So what is your plan in PA school, or how do you think maybe it'll affect your version of PA school compared to maybe some of your compatriots that don't have children or that responsibility oh gosh I identify so much as a family man now even though I'm young I'm like that weird like young guy that has a kid and like doesn't really like going out that was me during <laughs> college too um so I'm I'm okay with that I prefer to stay home I'm, I'm such a home I love going out but I love staying home with regards to I kind of found that path myself in you know doing this master's and working full-time these past couple of years I kind of find, found my niche and like my my habit of living in my everyday life, I was able to find that balance truly. And that is something I touched up on in my application too, just finding that balance. And I don't feel like I'm going to feel sad that, oh, you know, I don't have as much time or free time as my classmates because I've been living this for a while now. And it, it's just kind of been my truth since I was 19. I, was, I, was, I had to learn fast. I had to grow fast. I don't think it's going to affect me in any way uh, with regards to actually being there for my son and my wife, it's it's definitely going to be hard because we've had the support of my family back in California when we were in our uh, doing our undergraduate. We had her family here in Arizona when we were doing our master's, and now it's a completely different story. We're moving to the other side of the coast, from coast to coast, going to the East Coast now, and we have no family there. So that's going to be a big, big struggle for us. It's going to be hard to adapt without any family, but me and my wife, you know, we have a game plan. We've talked about this. We've kind of prepared for this. We, especially with where I was applying, she knew like, oh my goodness, we're we're not going to be near any family at all. But you know that that was just the the situation, the hand that we were dealt. With regards to you know actually thriving through PA school, it's just going to be a lot of open communication between me and my wife, and she has a mutual understanding. She know what's she know what medicine's like. She know what schools like. She herself is applying to med school right now, so she knows like the struggles of what we're both going through. So, for me, having a partner that is in medicine and you know kind of understands that struggles that I go through it, it, it really helps a lot because I don't have to take extra time to explain to her I kind of just gotta tell her like hey I'm coming home late from work you know we were working at college she's like okay sure that's fine just tell me about it when you get home you know like things like that like little things like that versus like you know some there's some relationships out there where you know partners just don't understand but I'm I like you mentioned earlier I'm just really blessed that I have a very solid relationship with my wife and she's just very understanding and I feel like she's the rock that's going to get me through PA school and I want to try to be there for her too when she gets through med school so yeah just having a great partner having that open communication with whoever you're living with I think is is what's going to help me at least get through PA school. 
Yeah, I think you really touched on a, a really, really important topic here is just having an open conversation, having an honest conversation, sitting down and setting expectations with your loved ones, whether it's families or relationships or whoever, because a lot of times the miscommunication comes from people having a different expectation. And when their expectations aren't being met, then, you know, feelings and people can feel like they're being, you know, left behind or they can get upset. So I think that that's really important. So whether your spouse is in med school or your um, significant other is in medicine or somewhere else, just, just kind of setting the expectation of what's going to happen. And I think that's really important to do before you go to PA school, just like you have been doing, just let them know like, hey, I'm going to be busy the next two and a half years, but then I'm going to create this life for us. And so I really think that's really important if you're in a stable relationship to, to have that communication and just let them know what to expect. And that way it doesn't blindside them. So great point. I also loved how you prepare. Preparation is key, and I think that's so important too. You guys have prepared what we're going to do, um, how we're going to take care of our son, like what is her role, what is my role before we move across the country. I think that, again, mm -hmm. I think that's key, especially in your situation, because you have more than just yourself to worry about. You have a family, as you said, um, so you have a lot more moving parts when it comes to that. So those are two <coughs> things really, really highlight. I think that is, um, is really, really smart of you to kind of set yourself up for success in PA school. Thank you so much for sharing your story. If our listeners are interested in reaching out to you, do you have any social media handles or where can they find you? Yeah, I do have a personal Instagram. And if you just send me a message saying like, hi, this is me. I love talking to PA applicants with a similar history as mine because I just want to be there to help motivate them. I try to do that now right before I go to school while I have the time. But yeah, if you want to reach out to me, my Instagram handle is el. J-O-C-A-P. I mean, if you just look for me on Facebook, uh, I answer Facebook messages quite frequently. Uh, my name's Elijah Caparoso. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again for sharing your amazing story with our listeners. It just really is motivating and really inspiring for those students who might be struggling with a low GPA or might be non-traditional or might have other obstacles or struggles in their path to PA school. So I really appreciate you reaching out and being on the podcast. And for all of our listeners, we will put his handle and his name in the show notes so you are able to find him. And Elijah, please stay in touch with us. We are so excited that you're about to start PA school and start living your dream. And we'd love to stay in touch and see how things are going for you. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Where the White Coats Come Off. We are so excited for your future as a PA student and a PA. We hope this CASPA cycle is going great for you. Our rule is if you aren't landing interviews, there is something that needs to be fixed with your CASPA application. And if you aren't landing a seat, then there's something that needs to be improved with your interview answers. So if you are stuck somewhere in this process, then definitely reach out to us because it is our mission to help you get accepted to PA school. We specialize in all things pre-PA and to make you the most competitive candidate. From CASPA app editing and feedback sessions to mock interviews, we will show you exactly what you need to do to stand out. Keep up the great work, and we can't wait to see what your future holds as a PA.